This is a recording from the Sunday, December 20th, 2015 meeting of the BC Humanist Association in Vancouver. To learn more about humanism and to support our work, visit bchumanist.ca. Our speaker today is T. Garrett. He's here from Charity Sciences. And I'm sure we all want to know, if we're going to get charity money, we want to know where it goes and how it's used. Um, so I want to thank everybody for coming here. It's pretty early for me. Uh, <laughs> I got all dressed up. I haven't worn this in like six months, so uh, I hope you like it. Uh, it's an advantage of working in the nonprofit sector. Um, yeah, so I'm here today to talk about uh, effective altruism. Um, as uh, as I'm sorry, I lost her. Oh, yeah, as was mentioned, um, I'm T. Barnett. I'm the uh, programs and educational officer at Charity Science. Uh, Zio did talk here before. Uh, she's my boss. Um, and, uh, and we operate within the broader effective altruism movement. So um, how many people here have actually heard of that before? Oh my gosh, way more people than I thought. That's good. So uh, in case you haven't, I'm going to briefly go over it. Uh-oh. Um, if this comes up, that would be nice. There we go. Yeah, um, I'm going to go over it. Um, I'd like to take about 10, 15 minutes on my end uh, to, to explain and talk about what I have to talk about. Uh, and then after that, uh, we'll move into sort of like an activity kind of thing, um, which sounds a little bit lame, but trust me, it'll be kind of fun, I hope. Um, so effective altruism, these two words are fairly new. I think the movement's about five to eight years old, something like that. Um, kind of slamming these two together. Uh, the best way for me to sort of explain it is to talk about the logo here, which is essentially just that light bulb with the heart in it. So sometimes they say uh, that effective altruism is about combining the heart uh, and the mind. And what they mean by that is traditionally the nonprofit sector has been dominated by the heart. So someone approaches you in the street and says there are you know, a couple hundred million children starving in the world, please give us money. Um, that's not a great business plan for like a normal company. Uh, most people take a lot more time to uh, invest or, or invest some time in where their money would go. Uh, they read about certain organizations, something like that. But uh, for some reason, when it comes to charity, people are happy to just not do all that much research and kind of just give their money away. Uh, because it might feel good for them, or because the idea sounds good, something like that. Uh, and in fact, we know that people spend more time watching TV every day than kind of researching charities, which is very interesting. Oh, for a year. Um, so in one year, someone will research charities less than uh, watching TV in one day. Um, so it's about combining the head and the heart. Uh, because I'm not all that great at public speaking, I will be employing all kinds of uh, tricky tactics to keep you uh, interested, one of which being, I will be giving you money. <laughs> yes. Ah, yeah. I wanted, exactly, I wanted you to be like this. That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, so, so that will be good. Uh, I'm not going to say more about that because I'm going to kind of leave you in suspense until a bit later. Um, see, that's how I do it. Um, okay. So before we get into what charity science is and what effective altruism is, uh, I first want to talk about what it's not. Uh, and what it's not is 
um, represented by an organization here called Play Pumps. Has anyone ever heard of this before? Okay. So uh, Play Pumps is actually a really ingenious idea that was brought up by, uh, or invented, so to speak, by uh, an engineer in South Africa. Um, and specifically, he worked on sort of like uh, oil drilling and things like that. Um, and his idea for Play Pumps was to have children play on this sort of roundabout thing. And what that would do is it would create enough uh, force to pump water from a well that would be underneath it. It would shoot up to a water tower here and come out uh, at a place where people in the village would collect water. So it sounds like a really awesome idea. Um, and and it, it really is. I mean, when you think about it, um, harnessing the power of like children's enthusiasm to play, to create water for people is like, there's no better idea in the world, it seems like. Um, and yeah, and that's how it would work. Uh, the roundabouts are very colorful. They would be installed by sort of a third party uh, for free to the people in the community. Um, and it's supposed to be, and it was supposed to be, uh, one of the better ideas out there. So actually, in September of 06, uh, US donors, and specifically the Clinton Global Initiative, pledged 16.4 million uh, to this cause, which is quite a bit. Uh, Jay-Z, some of you are familiar with him, he's a famous entertainer. I uh, was doing concerts in September, November 2006, promoting it. He donated, like, I think hundreds of thousands of dollars to the cause. Uh, lots of celebrities getting behind it. Uh, and then there was the 100 Pumps in 100 Days campaign, where they were really trying to roll out this in initiative to all the communities uh, around the world, mostly, um, mostly in Africa. Um, and then in, in October of 2007, UNICEF uh, started leading, leading efforts to sort of look at what are the impacts of these pumps. Um, they were interested to find uh, that in a report in Mozambique, there are a lot of problems with these pumps. It started to come to light that um, there were certain things that were uh, peculiar about them. And then in November 2000, oh, that's really small, I'm sorry. That says November 2004, 2009. Uh, a, a particularly scathing uh, Guardian report called Africa's Not-So-Magic Roundabout came out. Um, and that's when it sort of broke the story about Play Pumps International, um, bringing up problems like, uh, it's like the, the way the roundabout was set up, it was really difficult for these kids to like, play on it, 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 didn't, it didn't just spin like a normal one would. It was actually kind of difficult for them. So they got tired, they quit, they did something else. Uh, and then the, the women of the village, usually it was the women of the village, um, had to go on these roundabouts and kind of like push it to get their water. So they found it very demeaning. Um, and actually the roundabouts, the, uh, the efficiency of the pumps themselves were like one third or a quarter as good as like the traditional hand pumps. Uh, and so, and so it, it seemed like such a great idea, but um, when you sort of went into each individual community on the ground, uh, things changed quite a bit in international development. Um, and that's one uh, particularly um, poignant example. And yet, uh, the nonprofit lives. Um, plenty of celebrities in 09 are kind of throwing their names behind it. Uh, that looks like Jessica Beale. If anyone knows who that is, um, a few other people. Isabella Lucas, 
I don't know who that is, but it sounds famous. Um, are all throwing their names behind behind this, despite the fact that uh, all of these reports are coming out that it just doesn't seem to be working. So why do things like this still live on when we find out that they don't work so well? Well, high-powered marketing. Um, so this is actually part of uh, Play Pumps International. They have this uh, bottle of water that they sell, and then they say that the money goes towards it, but it's really a fairly ineffective program. Um, and so what effective altruism has been trying to do uh, in the last few years is get people to really, to, to push people in sort of a skeptical mindset, which a lot of you uh, are used to sort of operating in that space. Um, and basically saying, uh, we, we would like people to take a little bit of time to step back and sort of reevaluate because people are skeptical about a lot of things, but when it comes to charity, it seems like that's one of the last untouched things uh, that people think about. So effective altruism is all about kind of bringing things to light like Africa's not-so-magic roundabout, um, exposing sort of these mega charities that sort of lose hundreds of millions of dollars and nobody really knows what happens to them, Red Cross. Uh, and also bringing... <laughs> Trying to expose charities that just clearly don't do anything for anybody, uh, and yet they're registered. Homeo Pass Without Borders is a is a good example as well. Yes, there's a there is a something without borders everywhere, like animals without borders. Yeah. Right. So um, when it comes to aid, uh, this is all kind of a little bit depressing, um, and a lot of people can get very cynical about aid. Uh, should we just give up? I've, um, that's one of the things that I do. I'm in communications with Charity Science, and I come across so many people that are just like, well, I shouldn't give money anymore, uh, or I'm just going to give it to like a local cause because uh, I just don't care. Uh, and I've heard about the Red Cross. I've heard about play pumps. I, don't, I just don't want to engage. Um, and so that, you know, that's kind of like the the thesis of White Man's Burden, which is kind of a cynical book about a dead aid came out. These are all actually really good books. I recommend that you read them. Um, but also, a book that came out in the effective altruism movement is Doing Good Better. And it is what it suggests in the title, which is um, that there are, just like anything, there are good and bad nonprofits. There are good and bad causes. There are things that help people or are kind of neutral. Um, or don't help people at all. But the answer is not to kind of turn your back on the poorest people of the world, but it is actually to try and research more, um, to run randomized control trials. We can talk about that later, to do all kinds of external assessments to sort of figure out what works and what doesn't work. And this isn't impossible. We don't have to kind of throw our money at things and hope it works. We can test things in advance in a scientific way. Um, and so the ethos of that book, and basically the entire effective altruism movement, is how can I make the biggest difference I can? So what we care about is not just things that work, but things that work for the most amount of people, for the greatest good. A lot of you are used to this kind of language. Um, and it tries to, tries to use evidence and careful reasoning to find an answer. Um, and it takes a scientific pro approach to doing good. And that's probably the most important part of effective altruism is is uh, taking that scientific approach. Uh, and that's where charity science comes in. Um, so we operate within, within this movement generally. Um, and we're sort of like the pop culture 
kind of organization that tries to communicate to people these kinds of things. Because as you can imagine, an effective altruist is usually very, uh, uh, they're, they're kind of focused on metrics uh, and measuring things and research analysis. Uh, and so usually they're not the most engaging people. So what we try to do uh, is try to uh, uh, bring the message to other people. So the philosophical foundations of effective altruism can be uh, basically boiled down to this one question that's brought up by this man right here. We were just talking about Peter Singer, correct? That's him in cartoon form. Um, he brings up the point, uh, or a scenario rather, that if there's a child drowning um, in a pond nearby, some of you have probably heard of this before, um, and you have, say, an expensive pantsuit or suit on, um, will you ruin the suit to go save the child? I think all of us would say yes. Uh, and he says, well, what's the difference between this child that you can see in front of your eyes and all of the children that die from global poverty? Um, and that's basically the, the, the point of that question. Um, but effective altruism isn't just about being prompted by something like that, an argument like that. It's also about combining, obviously, um, our want to help other kids and other people in other countries, and also um, putting that together with the scientific method. So here's an example of that. I like this graphic. Yeah, who wins? So in the developed world, uh, there is a nonprofit called Guide Dogs of America. And for $42,000, you can do a really nice thing. You can train a guide dog who will help a blind person get by in the world. The Fred Hollows Foundation is uh, a nonprofit that works in developing countries and treats curable blindness. And for $42,000, you can clear, I'm sorry, cure the sight uh, of 1,050 people. Yes. So you can actually give the gift of sight to 1,000 people for the exact same amount of money. So a lot of questions will probably come up at the end of this presentation, talking about local charities versus international ones, um, local causes, things you care about, things close to your heart, uh, and what is most effective. And this is one of the points that we like to make, is that uh, these choices simply need to be made. Um, and especially when you talk about the UN and the billions of dollars that are being thrown around, um, we need to make decisions about how best to use this money. And I think most of us in this room would agree that the one on the right is, is quite a bit better. Um, it's hard to even imagine a thousand people being cured by sight, uh, or sorry, curing a thousand people, um, but you can do it. Um, and so Charity Science uh, is an organization that um, advocates for the top three ranked charities in the world. Um, there are three more that are honorable mentions, but the top three. So uh, GiveWell is actually a charity assessment agency uh, that's very similar to Charity Navigator. Have people heard of Charity Navigator? Yeah, usually if, if anyone is curious at all about looking up charities, they, they type in like assessing charities or something in Google, and Charity Navigator comes up because it's one of the biggest. So they give a lot of ratings on a lot of things, uh, one of which being, one of their key metrics is overhead. Uh, so a lot of people, when they want to donate to a charity, they look at overhead. Is all of my money going to this cause? Um, is my money going to be lost to administrative fees, things like that? 
Um, the biggest difference between Charity Navigator and GiveWell is that GiveWell cares more about impact and how many people they help. So something like overhead actually is not all that important to GiveWell. It just so happens that high overhead uh, and administrative costs makes you less effective usually. But um, that's what GiveWell cares about. So Charity Navigator does not care about impact. They just kind of look at the scale of organizations and how they spend the money and how much various people are being paid. But GiveWell will say, for this amount of money, you can do this. And we've proven that. Um, and that's a much different approach to charity than, than ever before. So an example of this is deworming. Has anybody heard of that before? OK. Wow. Unbelievable. They're so informed. Uh, I, I almost don't even need to do this. Um, so for it was 50 cents before, about $1.25 now. Uh, you can give um, this pill, you can distribute a pill like this to an entire village uh, or multiple villages. Uh, and what it does is it cures people of these sort of parasitic diseases that they have. Uh, they're called neglected tropical diseases. Um, and these are not as sexy as HIV and malaria. It's deworming. That's kind of gross. Um, but, and, and it doesn't kill people per se, I mean, usually. But what it does is it makes kids, especially if we're talking about education, it makes kids sick enough to be missing a lot of school um, and unable to, it, it takes away nutrients from them so they can't think as well, they can't complete uh, assignments on time. Um, and there's a lot of sort of um, byproducts to having this kind of, these parasitic worms. So you can, these pills are $1.25 a piece, you just spread them throughout an entire village um, and it's been found to, I have a graph, uh, increase, you can't really see it very well, this is deworming. Um, this is just giving people information on like healthy ways to do things. That's kind of been found to not be as effective, but deworming has held up pretty well. So compared to interventions like <coughs> conditional cash transfers, like we'll pay the parents to make the kids go to school, or to give them uniforms, or to give them meals at school to try and entice them to come. These were all ideas in the 90s and early 2000s, like, these are great ideas. This, is, this will get more kids in school. Um, and they would just do these things without testing them. So finally, they tested them. Maybe in some villages, they would deworm kids. Some kids, some villages, they wouldn't. And then they would measure the difference. Um, and this is the difference. Um, Per $100 that people spend on deworming, you can get uh, 28.6 years of schooling uh, for a single child, uh, additional years. Um, yeah, when compared to the other things. Um, not per child, I believe that's for the entire. That would be a lot of school. Eight years. They become doctors, all of them. Um, it's, what is that? Additional years of school attendance per $100 spent. So I'm assuming that's 28.6 years maybe for an entire, yeah, a school in Kenya. Yeah, one school in Kenya. Okay. Um, so, so our philosophical justification is um, we want to help people just like we would local people, uh, and we want to do it with um, the best science that's available. So why don't people, despite the fact that like it seems most people will agree with this proposition, shouldn't we help a drowning kid in a pond? Shouldn't we help 
kids that are in trouble uh, all around the world. Only 4% of the U.S., I couldn't find Canadian numbers, I'm sorry. Uh, only 4% of, the, of all charitable giving in the U.S. is to global poverty. Only 4%, which is really low. Uh, why is that? Well, a lot of times people's, someone in their family dies of some rare cancers that they get attached to that. Uh, interesting fact about cancer um, research is that $30,000 will only get you one additional life per person. Or, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm done. Okay, it'll get you one additional year of life per person. So 30, that's $30,000 of cancer research. Uh, I don't know if you guys... If you guys remember the $42,000 that could cure blindness for like a thousand people, um, there are definitely better ways to be spending money. Um, giving money to poor people that we see on the street, that's sometimes what we'll do. Um, religious causes and uh, emergencies, disasters, major natural disasters. Everybody wants to give money to those. Um, those are usually overfunded. Um, it, it's really easy to get people to donate money to these kinds of things. They're overfunded and a lot of times um, more money is spent uh, to rectify the disaster than, than preventative measures like we're talking about. So for example, during the great uh, earthquake in Japan, uh, the Japanese government was like, stop sending us money. We're an industrialized country. We don't need any more money. And yet people sent them like hundreds of millions more dollars. Uh, so one of the questions that effective altruism tries to answer is, is this uh, a cause that's neglected by people? And if so, there's room for more funding. Because when things are overfunded, that's when waste happens and money gets thrown away. Okay, so moving on more into charity science. The three charities that we represent are the Schistosomiasis Control Initiative. Yeah, that's a mouthful. That's the deworming, by the way. Give Directly, uh, and the Against Malaria uh, Foundations. Um, these are considered by GiveWell, who is the charity evaluator I talked about before, to be the absolute most effective charities uh, in the world. And they research them, and they come up with, um, each of these charities have come up with many, many randomized control trials between them to kind of prove uh, that they are effective interventions. The top one right now is the against malaria, is against malaria, AMF. Um, so that's the one that uh, we try to direct the most money to. Um, and now is the time when I tell you why I'm going to give you some money. You guys want to talk about that? Okay. So basically what we're going to do is called giving games. Has anybody ever heard of that before? Really, I'm always so shocked. I've got to stop being shocked. Um, I'm going to offer, oh man, maybe there needs to be like three groups here, because there are three huge tables. Uh, three groups, uh, I was planning on $25 each, uh, and giving each of you some information on each of these three charities. And I would have you pass around that information, sort of talk about it, discuss it, and then each table is going to come to a decision about where best to spend your money. Uh, and so it'll be between these three charities. Sometimes giving games will include something like Homeopaths Without Borders or some other charity uh, to see if 
quote unquote the right decision is made, but uh, I think we'll keep it within these three so that you guys can kind of read about them a bit more. Um, so what is Charity Science up to right now beyond uh, me just giving speeches and not being all that good at it? Uh, <laughs> Donate Your Christmas 2015 um, is a, what we call a peer-to-peer -peer fundraising thing where you have a web page on the internet and you basically say to all your friends on Facebook or by email or something like that, you say, don't get me any presents, please. Uh, I would just like you to donate to this page directly uh, and that will be in lieu of all of my Christmas presents. Thank you very much. Um, and that has actually been something that's raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for us for effective charities because it's so easy and it takes two minutes to sign up and then people basically just give money and it takes like no time at all, so it's nice. The other thing we've been up to is legacy, putting charity in your will. Um, and that has had pretty, pretty, a lot of popularity for us because uh, people seem to be interested in not just giving their money to their family or something like that when they pass along, but instead trying to make the world a better place. Or doing both. I recommend doing both. I actually, there are a lot of hardcore effective altruists that say, you know, all of your money should go to EA charities. Um, and I'm a big believer in the 80-20 principle. Uh, I'm sure a lot of you know a lot about that. So I try to give 80% to all of these effective charities. And then that 20%, I have like a cause that I really care about. Uh, mine in my particular situation would be Smile Train. I was born with a cleft lip and palate. So I really care about that kind of thing, so I donate 20% of what I'm going to donate already to that. Um, so effective altruism is not about like being hardcore and just giving up everything else and, and being exclusionary. It's really about uh, splitting the difference between what is really effective, what's really useful, uh, and what's best for everybody else. Um, and so that is the end of the presentation.